Today on the show, I'm excited to bring on Vito Pelek to tell the story of how he went from client work to one of the most eye-catching product launches in the WordPress ecosystem that I remember at least. Vito is the founder of WP Feedback, a product that helps you systematize your website project delivery process from start to finish. From what I recall from my conversation with Vito at the hallway track at WordCamp Brighton, he started out busking in the streets of London and I can't wait to unpack Vito's journey on this episode. You can find Vito on Twitter at FeedbackWP. Before we begin the episode, I want to tell you a bit about Branch. Branch is my business and the sponsor of this podcast. It's the simplest way to set up automated deployments for your WordPress sites. We've got your back with recipes for all the common workflows that the WordPress developers need, making it super easy and fun, honestly, to build out your deployment pipelines. It's continuous integration and deployment without the learning curve. And it's free to get started. So go check it out. And if you open up the live chat widget and identify yourself as a listener of this podcast, we'll double the amount of free deployments on your account. Yep, twice as many deployments without paying. You can sign up for free on branchci.com. I started this episode by asking Vito to explain what his business looked like before he launched WP Feedback. Vito, do you want to try to explain how your business looked before you launched WP Feedback and then two weeks after you launched it? Like, how did it look before and how did it look after? Before WP Feedback, I had an agency and we were working with 12 guys, a few of us uh, in London, but the rest were abroad, you know, like uh, all around the world. And we were basically building websites for clients. That was the day-to-day, every day for a few years, delivering a few hundreds of projects uh, throughout this time. I was looking for a way to get out of the agency model for a while, you know, when I was looking at all kinds of different aspects, maybe creating even a course or, you know, all of these kind of channels that people look to scale up. While I was doing my research and how I can actually do this, the problem with communicating with clients has always been there. Um, and you always jump around between a thousand tools and, you know, they, you just don't get on the same page as they did. But while I was trying to focus on finding a way to scale, this was actually really hurting our business and profitability on the other side. So I came up with the idea of how it should be laid out. And I asked the dev team to build it for us. You know, not even thinking about this as it's going to be the product, but actually thinking about, okay, let them fix this problem while I actually focus on what I want to build as a way to scale up. But it worked like magic. And then it just kind of dawned on me that uh, it's probably not a problem that only I am experiencing. We went on, did market research. And as soon as we launched it, we had a pretty nice explosion right at the beginning. We managed to generate six figures in revenue within the first 30 days. As a new product in the space, this was groundbreaking. Like no one did that before. And yeah, and so as soon as this happened, I was like, okay, no more client work. That's it. (laughs) It was clear cut like that. (laughs) You were just telling me before we hit record that you're working on V2 of WP Feedback. And it felt like the way you described it, like it feels like there's quite a big difference between doing client work and being a product business. So like, what's the day-to-day difference between your old business and the business you're running now? Right. So in my previous business, I was the business. So I was in the middle of everything and I was the biggest bottleneck of the company. Everything had to land on my table before it was distributed out to other people. 
So my day-to-day was very much influenced by that. I was actually uh, talking to clients and uh, sending out invoices and making sure that this task is being done and following up with my team, doing all of those uh, repetitive tasks that are mind-numbing. I even compare this, if you remember, back in the 50s, there was these ladies at the call centers where they were just like redirecting the calls from one place to another. And that was my day. You know, looking back, it's such a devaluation of my time doing this three hours out of every day. Uh, that it's crazy compared to what I'm focusing on right now. So now I'm a lot calmer, to be honest, than I was back then. You know, I delegate a lot more. So I'm totally aware that the, the way that this product has developed, has evolved over the past uh, year and a half, it brings it to a point where I am no longer the thing. You know, I don't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's all about understanding the client's needs, our users' needs, and trying to implement that. And when you're working as an agency, you only get to build the first version of the product in most cases. You know, you build the website and then you send off to the client to figure things out on his own. Of course, you do care plans and stuff, but there's no continuous development in most of the projects, you know, which means that um, for us, the client is the client, you know, is the guy that bought the website. But now the client is actually the user which I think is a much more healthy uh, way of looking at things. So, of course, we were doing market research with our clients and asking them, who is your target audience and all of that? But, you know, you can't be as tuned into the end client's wants and needs as when you are the guy in charge of the product itself. So we're definitely going to talk a lot more about WP Feedback. I teased this in the intro, but you your background is as a musician and... It's kind of funny, like, I feel like every time I talk to someone in Europe, the way they started making websites is because they built a band website. <laughs> and when I talk to people in the US, it's always the church website. So right. I don't know what that tells you about people, but it's just interesting. So you got started in music. I found your band on YouTube. Chasey Ace, right? It's the band. Yes. So people can yeah. go and check that out. We'll link that in the show notes <laughs> as well. And somehow you ended up running a WordPress agency. How did that happen? I always wanted, you know, since I was a teenager, I wanted to be a rock star. That was my kind of dream as a teenager. And that was my focus. So we were actually building a band back home in Tel Aviv, in Israel. And, you know, doing the rounds for a few years, trying to make it, right? While this was happening, of course, you have to make some kind of a living. So I started getting into digital just a little bit more from the point of view of I had a pretty nice success with MySpace, with the band. And I built our first website, you know, for when I was in high school with GeoCities. Uh, if you remember back in the day, we got 10 megabytes to build the site uh, for free. And so uh, I already had a bit of experience with HTML and CSS and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when we actually got signed and we all moved to the UK, started touring around the world from our base was here in London. That's when I needed to create some revenue while I was on the road. So I was literally living in a van and I was looking for a way to make money because the band wasn't cutting it. And so... I started building websites for uh, clients, you know, they just came from the experience that they saw how I'm marketing the band and I built our kind of uh, resources and stuff like that. So you start with friends and family and that was my first freelancing days, you know, stealing uh, Wi-Fi for McDonald's as we pass by on the Autobahn. After that ended, you know, we finished kind of our 20s and uh, we put the band to rest. I said, all right, let's see what I can do to actually grow this business. 
within the first year, I got to six figures in uh, revenue as a freelancer. And I said, all right, let's scale this up and see what we can do. In year three, I already had a team of 12. And uh, by year four, we were already doing WP feedback. So I feel that it's kind of a continuous evolution, you know, from being a freelancer. And I would even say from being a musician, like you're saying, uh, there's a lot of creativity involved, a lot of manifestation of something out of nothing. This very much relates to how people build websites. You know, you have that picture in your mind, kind of the same as you create a song, you know, you, you get the content, right? <laughs> you do the design, which is all the production and the sound around it. And you need to also market it and launch it to uh, so that people actually listen to it eventually. Yeah. It feels like every step was uh, the school that I needed for the next one. That's very interesting. I'm thinking now, like as a musician, you need inspiration to come up with songs. But when you're talking about business as well, like what was your inspiration and how did you learn about the next step and what inspired you to grow pretty fast, actually, and keep like moving to the next stage and not end up getting stuck at one stage? Yes, things stagnant, which is what a lot of people do. And sometimes it's the right thing to do. If your goal is different, then that's cool. You know, it's just a matter of knowing what you want. And, you know, I see a lot of our users that are freelancing successfully for years. They're not looking to build a massive team or to grow beyond that. They're very satisfied with the, what they can provide for their family. And they get satisfaction from actually doing the design work and working on the website itself. For me, I started the, the whole thing at a very early age when I decided that I wanted to be a musician. Everyone told me, you can't, right? That's the next thing that happens. When you state a big goal, you're going to have people that's going to tell you that you can't. And I tried to kind of research on my own, figure it out. How can I? You know, I wasn't accepting the possibility of this not happening. And so I uh, got into all of these business uh, books and stuff like that when I started reading. And literally when I was 16 years old, uh, if you remember, there was back then a rich dad, poor dad, oh, yeah. and all of those things that build your mindset. And I think that this is the core of it. If you have the mindset for growth, you're going to grow. And that's it. You know, everything else figures itself out. But if you have that intention that you're going to be at a newer, bigger, a better place than where you are right now, everything else will just happen around it. That's cool. I think it sounds like when you started doing websites, when you were on the road, like you kind of fell into it a little bit because you learned the skill because you, you needed it for yourself. But when you launched WP Feedback, even though the product started out, it sounds like as an internal tool, it sounds like you were pretty intentional about that. And Oh, yeah. I would love to know, like, basically, when you knew that, okay, this is going to be a product. And because when it launched, it was a big splash. And, you know, the headline was that you got to $100,000 in annual recurring revenue in like the first month or something like that. Right. Which yeah. is incredible. I've never heard about that in the WordPress space before. So basically, from you decided this is going to be a product uh, that we're going to go out in the market with. And you got to that amazing result. Like, what did that look like? How did that happen? First of all, there was a lot of intent in this, like you're saying, uh, Peter. As soon as I decided that we're going to go down this route, I started looking at what is happening in this space. Uh, I've been using WordPress for 12 years or a little more than that. And uh, throughout that experience, I got to know all of those products as a user. You know, so as a Gravity Form user, uh, and uh, even back then, you'd have Visual Composer and all of that. And I evolved 
with the tools as well. Uh, so I started with that. I did a bit of research into the space, what's happening there. I found um, a great blog by Freemius, uh, freemius.com, which later they published the case study of how we reached our results. And that was an amazing resource to read. I just read the entire blog like it was a book, just to kind of get that insight. What I found is that like we were saying before about some people that are deciding to be freelancers, which is cool. This is the same uh, concept that you see in the WordPress space when it relates to products. Uh, some people are cool with having like a side project and that's what they want. They just want to have a few extra thousand dollars added to their revenue every month. And that's cool. You know, that's that's the goal achieved. Right. And I, to be honest, I also have one plugin like that that is running in the background. No one really knows about, but that's part of it, you know, that it just runs runs on its own. But uh, with WP Feedback, I decided to look at the big companies and see what they do because I saw a massive, massive potential. And more than realizing it myself, we went out and did market research. So we surveyed 600 WordPress professionals. I think I gave you the booklet when we met last year, Peter, right? Yeah. And uh, we surveyed the 600 WordPress professionals to see what they do. How do they deliver a project and what is their workflow look like? And then we saw it's a complete mess all across the ecosystem. So I found uh, that there was a massive kind of a demand for uh, something like this. And uh, we approached the whole thing very strategically with a launch sequence. So we used the survey as the first mechanism of getting the beta users and delighted the beta users to the point where they helped us promote the hell out of this thing when we went out to the market a month after the beta started. That coupled with uh, just being out there. This is what I kind of call the omnipresence strategy, where you want to try and corner a group of people from every angle possible. So uh, I was on the podcast, you know, doing the podcast rounds and uh, every conference that happened, I was there last year. So I did about 20 something conferences throughout 2019. This is where we met as well, uh, Peter, last uh, in uh, Brighton last year. Also, we were running Facebook ads, Google ads that are doing remarketing to the same audience, which created this experience that we came out of nowhere and we're everywhere. That's how it felt, yeah. That was the strategy. It's it's just you want to try and map out all of these touch points that uh, your target audience might have with you. And in the WordPress space, that would be being at WordCamps, speaking at WordCamps, uh, sponsoring WordCamps. That would include doing partnerships with companies like uh, GoDaddy or Elegant Marketplace or uh, WP Engine and also being on all of these podcasts so that you're always seen. All I did was tell my story. But I am the user, you know, so it made it very relatable and very easy for our target audience to say, okay, this guy has experienced the same problem I am. And the only difference is that he took the time to figure it out, build something that will fix it. And now I can benefit from it. That was the entire game. That's awesome. Did you start with any kind of discount or deal or something like that to get that initial revenue? Yes. So my my thought was this. Uh, if I want to build a business, and I saw this from hundreds of clients that we were building uh, websites and uh, basically online businesses for, and how they treated the marketing after. And again, it's the same thing as musicians. Some people, what they do is they put all of their effort into the album. You know, they spend they spend 10 years creating the album, making sure that it's perfect. And they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars getting the best mastering engineer that will go in and put that gloss finish on top of it, work with producers and all of that mess. But then there's no budget for marketing. 
Even more than that, there is no focus on how to bring this to the market. So uh, I was always, as well with the music, under this different approach. And this is more like the lean startup kind of concept that you don't know until you go out there. You got to hypothesize an idea, bring it to the market, have them decide if it's good or not, and then have them tell you what needs improving to make it even better for them. So that was our strategy when it comes to the product, which means that from idea to market, it took us two months. And from a beta to proper launch, it took us 30 days. And from launch to 130,000 in revenue, it took us 30 days again. Every stage had a clear path to it. Now, when I was starting the thing, I said, all right, if I really want to build a big company, I need to have a lot of money fast. But building ARR, building MRR is even harder, you know, getting those users, especially at an early stage where the product is probably not awesome. You know, it just came to the market. So it's probably not going to be as amazing as Asana or, uh, you know, Active Campaign or, or these products that have been around for more than a decade and been improving this with teams of dozens of people. So we decided to go down a lifetime route to get people to invest into the product early on, have just a limited amount of lifetime licenses that we're going to be selling. And this way we have a small group of uh, people that invested a lot, which means that they are invested in the success of the product long term. And they are also invested in giving us those feedback reports, telling us the hard truth that sometimes as product makers, we don't want to hear. So when you get someone to spend a few hundred bucks, they're going to tell you the truth no matter what you say, right? I actually leaned into that. I embraced that as the mechanism of improving. Now, talking about lifetime deals, there's two approaches to this. There is the AppSumo route and there is what we did. Uh, the AppSumo route is, I think, a bad idea. <laughs> I'll say why. I think that that um, it's already putting you support at a place where it can't handle it. And AppSumo is designed for founders that are not awesome at marketing and they need to get those initial users, right? That's usually the case for the products on there. So if you don't know what you're doing in marketing, I guess that might be a good approach, but it's not going to be profitable as doing it on your own. For me, this round, this launch round was the mechanism of creating the seed round that we needed. I think that's what I kind of, even when we talked about this last year, I told you about this uh, seed round concept is like, how can I get a few hundred grand so I can actually build a proper company, not just uh, bootstrap the life out of it. We sold licenses for 500 to $600 each, which means that we got about 300 users that were on this plan. And then you can see how that leaves the support at a pretty easygoing state because it's only 300 users, but then also allowed us to build enough reserves to execute on the plan like sponsoring WordCamps or spending Facebook ads to bring in other users that will actually start building the ARR. And throughout the rest of the year, this was the base. So after your big launch, there must have been a lot of work to do, like incorporating all the feedback and talking to those users. But also like that's when you also start to build up the more like recurring revenue from those people that aren't on a lifetime deal. Exactly. It sounds like the hard work maybe starts after that initial launch. Yes, I guess every stage is a hard work on its own. Uh, it has its own challenges from this thing, but you're right. Uh, building ARR is not easy, you know, especially in a highly competitive world where it's not a matter of direct competition. I am in competition with Zapier because the user is spending $100 a month on Zapier. 
So even though we don't do anything related, they are already chipping into the user's budget. So I agree. This is definitely one of the challenging parts of it. But without having this seed round, I think we would have gone bust way before we reached a point of profitability, you know, uh, just from ARR. So you're customer funded in a very like literal sense, I guess. They did. Yeah. What does WP Feedback look like today? What's the product like and what's the business like? Um, so uh, nowadays, which is one and a half years after we first launched this, we launched it in last uh, June, June of 19. Now the solution is being used on more than 11,000 uh, websites. We closed year one with a very nice uh, profit, as well as uh, growing the team to a team of nine guys, full-time uh, developers and team members that are helping the product grow, first of all, as a product itself, you know, in, in its core, uh, but also uh, attracting more users and making sure that as the product evolves, and this is one of our latest challenge that is very interesting, as the products evolves, people have a different perception of how it was compared to where it is right now. And I think that you might have the same experience with your product, Peter, because uh, the startup process is an iterative process, you know, where you go and you play around and you see what works and what moves the needle for you and for the user, or even better for the user and also for you. And then you add features or pivot features according to that. So when we started, it was the MVP, let's call it, you know, version 1.0 was uh, a stickers tool. You know, you could install a plugin on a website and you get a layer on the top of the front and the back end that allows you to put post-it notes that are attached to the HTML elements of the page itself, uh, which means that it makes it super easy and visual to collaborate and to communicate internally inside the website instead of taking screenshots and sending links and doing all of that. You get the thing on email with uh, no screenshot and just four words. You have one hour to figure it out, what the client is even talking about. Once you do, you take a screenshot and then you send it to the devs and they take the screenshot, go back to the website. It's a whole fragmented mess. Our initial point was to fix this process. But from the get-go, the vision was we need to build the only system or the best system to deliver website projects. And that's when uh, we built the dashboard, which is not attached to WordPress at all. It's more of a SaaS solution on Laravel and React that allows uh, for the user to integrate all of their websites into one centralized hub that acts as your inbox. Because the way I see it, email is the biggest threat to, to, uh, uh, to your clarity when you're dealing with communications, specifically around visual stuff. And 87% of the market is using email, uh, which is a 30-year-old tool that was never designed for this use case to collaborate and communicate something that is super highly visual. That is the dashboard itself. And now inside the dashboard, we have our task center, which brings in and filters automatically all of the different tasks from all of the different websites into one centralized place, takes automated screenshots, tells you the screen size, the browser version. So you're basically logging into there every morning as your inbox. Uh, more than that, we elaborated the project uh, a control feature, uh, which means that Again, now the way people do it is uh, they get a revision or a request from a client. They copy it from their email into Asana or into Trello or Basecamp. And then the developer or they go in there and tackle the task from there. Then go back to the email to notify the client that it's done. 
So we said, all right, we can cut the whole thing out of the process uh, because we already have the stickers on the website. They have statuses. So based on that, we created Kanban boards that give you the clearest snapshot of your project at any given moment without any copy-paste or duplication of different platforms. The end vision, Peter, is to bring it all home. Bring it all to a place where you manage the project. We like to say this from the proposal to the support, from a tool that doesn't fight you. It doesn't battle you with every step that you need to train the client, that you need to learn yourself. The ability to take a step of a project and move it from the wireframing stage that is done on a third-party platform to the uh, site mapping stage that is done on another platform to the task tracking that is done on another platform. So everything is like manually lifted and moved. And our vision says a project should slide from one place to another. I think one place where branch and WP feedback are similar is that they're both WordPress aware, like they both understand what a WordPress project is and what people need when they're working on a WordPress project. I agree. And this is something that there is no competition for WordPress as of now in the market when it comes to building complex websites fast, you know, which is what most clients for smaller agencies and small business owners are looking for. I believe that uh, this focus is the way to go, even though there is plans in the future once we grab enough of market share here is to explore other platforms as well. That's awesome. And it's definitely something I think that people should check out. Yes. I want to get your thoughts on how other people can maybe start to explore the world of products. I don't know necessarily, and I want to hear what you think about this, if people need to go all in like you did. Like maybe there is a way to have a more smooth transition into product work or just add some products to the mix. Right. First of all, like I think a big challenge that people might have is it sounds like you basically just dedicated your entire team to work on this for a couple of months. That's a big bed, essentially. So how should people think about like finding the time and resources to do this? Do you recommend the way you did it? Or do you recommend more like a transition or slow iterative process or something like that? So I believe that speed builds momentum. And I would say even more, speed to market will always beat perfection. So as soon as you can get something out there, then you start learning. But if you tinker with it forever, it's just, you're never going to get to that stage. So the way that we approached this, first of all, I said it was built for us internally. So it was like super scrappy, you know, just something that uh, we can use ourselves. Worked only on our stack. And you know that in WordPress, every environment, there are a billion variations of people's stacks uh, that you need to consider when you're building your product in this space. And we didn't have any of these challenges, you know, when we were just building it for us. So initially it was a very small project that was just, we did it for a couple of days to get it out there. Then once we thought, all right, this works, let's develop this product. We actually created, I talked to my friend that is um, a After Effect designer and I showed him the tool. I told him what we needed to look like and we created a screencast video that is not real. You know, that is actually done in After Effects that is mocking up what the tool will do once it's ready. That what we took to market initially, even before, you know, just to get people's interest. And that got us like a mailing list of 1,300 people that helped us to actually get customers for me. How did you get 1,300 people? I took that video and I placed it on a few Facebook groups and uh, LinkedIn groups. No money spent whatsoever. And the idea inspired people. So I told them that uh, you can sign up and once we're ready, we'll let you know. 
we didn't promise that it's ever going to be ready, you know, but we just said that uh, this is what we're building. And if you want to hear about it, sign up here. So this was how we did our research that I told you. Right after people gave us their email, the next step straight after that was a survey. How do you gather the content right now? How do you approve designs right now? How do you provide support right now? What is your go-to page builder? So we knew which tools we needed to be compatible with, uh, at least from the first early stages. What is your go-to theme? All of these kind of questions that helped us prepare the beta. Uh, but your question, Peter, was more around uh, uh, if people should go all in or not, right? Yeah, but it sounds like you're definitely removing a lot of risk by going step by step and basically testing your assumptions in a way at each of the steps, like you're being guided by the demand in the market, it sounds like when you're... Exactly. Because it's all about feedback loops, you know. The feedback loop process means that you come up with an idea, you hypothesize something, and then uh, you got to build it or build some kind of an MVP of it so that you can bring it to market, test it, get market feedback and then come up with new ideas that will this, and it's an ever-ending cycle, right? If you picture this in your mind and you picture it like a wheel, the faster this wheel goes, the better momentum you're going to build for the business. Uh, so if you're trying to iterate something for a year before you're actually showing this to anyone, you know, the wheel is not moving. It's going to take a hundred years to get to where you would get compared to completing a full feedback loop every week. And that was what we did. Even with the update rounds, uh, we were doing the first six months of the product. We were literally pushing updates every single week. Every week there was a new feature. There was a couple of bug fixes. And, uh, you know, it slowed down a little bit after when we got deeper. So the, as the product evolves, there's a lot more conditions to take into account uh, before you can actually push or complete a feedback loop. And that's what happens, you know, if you're looking at it in bigger companies, so like corporations and stuff, their feedback loops are super, super slow. And that is because of that. You know, you have bureaucracy that builds over time uh, because of the depth of the company or the product itself that uh, requires safety mechanisms so you don't break things as you're going through those loops. Uh, but when you're young, when you're early, you can run through a loop every single day. I think that's some really solid advice. If people are looking for product ideas and they're already doing client work, do you recommend that they look for internal tools like you did? Or how should they go about finding those ideas? Right. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yes. So I actually answered this to a friend of mine that works in real estate. You know, he works at a real estate agency uh, for the past few years. Now we had a kid. He just had a, a baby girl and he was uh, asking me, Vito, how can I actually generate a little more cash for my family now, which is more of the side business concept that you were describing. I told him, just look at your day and see what you can automate and build that. That's it. So what he did is he found a thing that every time they have a guy that is, uh, you know, a landlord that is from abroad and they need to do the taxes thing here in the UK, whatever, he needs to send something to this guy and then send it to that guy and then log into this website and then go to that thing. And it's a process that uh, a lot of people don't want to do. And he knows how to do it. So to him, it takes him like 10, 15 minutes and he gets it done, gets 300 pounds every time he does it himself, manually. So don't automate it, you know, and that's it. Keep the 300 pounds every time uh, someone needs it. Even more, put them on a cycle because taxes come every year and you're good. You know, you have a little product. There's one more question I want to ask you. Is there anything you miss about doing client work? Um... 
No, I don't think so. So to be honest, Peter, we do have a few clients that uh, are on the care plan. So we don't do any any new projects, right? Uh, but we do have care plan clients that we kept uh, just so that we can still uh, get high on our own supply, you know? So we're still using our product every day. Uh, the developers and the support agents go and use the product to help uh, our, you know, 10 clients that we have kept using the tool on their day-to-day operations, which means that we're there to find the bugs before our users do. Other than that, you know, I gained so much clarity since I stopped this process. I can hear now from a lot of our users that thanks to our platform, this really helps alleviate a lot of these pain points that I was experiencing. But a lot of your day is basically dealing with people that don't have full trust in you. If that makes sense, you know, you always put under the place where you're a little bit questioned about your motives, if you will, you know, because you're actually supplying a service to these people and you know that what you're doing is the right thing for their business, but they don't know, you know, they're not meant to know if what you're doing is the right thing for their business. Uh, So they're always kind of on the questioning side uh, in a lot of those uh, relationships. But, and what I found is that this is poison for your mindset compared to being around a supportive uh, group of people, which are our users, the same people as us. You know, they are agency owners and freelancers themselves, and they come from a constructive point of view rather than, uh, I don't think we should do that, is maybe we can do it like that. And because I don't have a lot of these communications on phone or uh, this, I'm getting to experience these conversations on my day-to-day, you know, like what we're having right now, uh, you know, you talk to smart people, you learn things along the way, as opposed to saying the same thing. Can you please send me the uh, logins to the domain registrar? No, this is not the domain registrar. (laughs) Yeah, I think people can definitely relate to that. (laughs) That's great, Vito. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, This was really good. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If people want to learn more about WP Feedback or you, where should they go? Please visit wpfeedback.co. Our users are seeing an 80% decrease in the project completion time from the standard five weeks down to 10 days, three weeks down to three days. It's miraculous. So I invite everyone to come on board and try it out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Peter. I'll talk to you at the next WordCamp. Awesome.